The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Rev. Jackie Fernandez. Welcome to Voices Unity of Unity. I'm Jackie Fernandez, and I have with me, uh, sitting again at the feet of the Master, <laughs> your grace, your holiness. <laughs> oh my God, it's <laughs> So if you're listening and you don't get anything that I just said, you're going to have to go back and listen to last week's episodes. In That's which I correct. Kelly Isola. And yeah, we <laughs> talked about being one with the one and, and what it means to be the presence of God. And, and can we not proclaim it in such a way that we say, oh, my God, in the presence of each other? <laughs> I think that should be our new, that's our new thing. I think so. We're going to have to have a handshake that goes with it, though. Yeah, maybe instead of singing, yeah, instead of singing the peace song at the end, you know, everybody look at someone and go, oh, my God. (laughs) I love it. Uh, And we'll have to have iterations of, you know, like the special dancer handshake, you know, COVID safe. And then (laughs) over time, it gets more and more, you know, as uh, entangled as, as the normal secret handshake might be. And that won't speak into or feed into the idea that unity is a cult at all. (laughs) Nope. Public service announcement. We are not a cult. Depending on how you define cult. (laughs) Maybe I want to be part of one. I mean, it's... I'm not helping. I'm not helping. You're not helping. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So today we are talking about thoughts, emotions, reality, just those kinds of small inconsequential. Right, right. Yeah. (laughs) Unity's third principle. The activity of our mind, of our thoughts, creates our reality. Yeah, it's a big topic because <laughs> we, uh, I know, right? Stop, start, we're like, hello. Uh, <laughs> it, it, well, I, I pause because I'm like, okay, where do you even start? Because, mm-hmm. well, so for starters, it is a huge topic that um, I think, uh You know, there's just, you can continue to, like the onion, sort of peel back and discover just, you know, how much there is to that. It's not, unfortunately, I think the movies like The Secret did a bit of a disservice, as though, just think this, get that. And um, while there is maybe a thread, you know, running through it that has some, you know, the some truth, capital T element to it, it's just not that. It just doesn't quite work that way. Um, and, well, and, you know, um, kind of like, thankfully, because, you know, yeah. we are such, uh, you know, loaded with such spiritual magnificence. If we have this depth of power, are we really going to use it to get a parking space? Are we, you know, is that like our destiny? I guess. And, and you know, and it's a little, it's, it's, it's really interesting because I, I do know people that, that hold very closely to that. And I don't, you know, I don't want to rain on their parade and like, and be the, you know, be that person that sort of bursts all their balloons. And, um, and 
It's it's really an and the you know answering your question is no not really and yet I've you know around people that go doesn't matter every time I go to the store every time I go wherever I say this little thing and there's a parking spot I mean I don't I'm not going to argue about it I'm not going to say no that's wrong and and because in for that person it's it's working it gives them joy you know it gives them some sense of uh, you know I have some power in my world perhaps you know it's just our teaching in unity is is not that it's much much deeper it's much bigger it's actually more difficult than I think most people realize and owning the power of it um and then throw on science throw science into the middle of it and what gets flipped around is that it's not that our thoughts create our world it's our thought feelings like they're they're an entity. Like you can't separate thought from feeling. Um, they're not two different things. I mean, they are, but they're not. And what science is showing us is that we're actually more feeling creatures who think, as opposed mm-hmm. to thinking creatures mm-hmm. who feel. So more more often than not, our feelings actually come first, and then we have thoughts about them. And that's where we can kind of go off into the ditch you know the humans are meaning making machines so if I have an uncomfortable feeling I'm gonna have a lot of thoughts about it that come from my life experience exactly you know I kind of got into that so you know this these topics last week this week and next week are follow-ups to my Sunday talks you know taking the topics a little deeper so thanks for taking this walk with me Kelly and kind of where I went a little bit with um, with that parsing away the emotions and the thoughts is that our brain, just what you said, you know, our thoughts are largely informed by the past. Our brain is our record of mm-hmm. all past experience, all past thoughts, all past emotions. And, um, and, you know, our ego function, the job of our ego is to protect us and to keep us safe and to keep us away from undesirable events. And so, you know, that we're always going to be fed first, that which is warning us, you know, those unpleasant past experiences, and we call it baggage, you know, we call it our stories or whatever. And it's, you know, for me, it's been a lot of learning about how to not detest that in myself (laughs) that wants to just keep repeating the past or, and how not to, you know, how to welcome that function in me, you know, as, as an assistant, as an angel, as a help without just getting stuck there or going off into the ditch, as you say. Well, it's um, the the this is the other challenge I find in unity is when I, I bump the when I bump up against someone or a belief or I hear about having to transcend the ego or or I've even heard people I haven't heard this in a while but I've heard people say yes we need to kill it off I'm like no 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 you need your ego it's how you navigate this three dimensional yeah. world right what you need to do is grow it up. So we take our egos to therapy, we take our egos to the coach, we take our egos to to prayer, you know, we want to grow it up so that our ego is, our ego self is in service to our higher self. You know, our ego self is in service to our divinity, which is what we are, which is not just a little spark or raisin in the bun, but it is all what we said last week, right? It is, you know, oh my God. And so our ego self can be in service. So... It doesn't always have to be 
you know, the response of, it's exactly what you said, to protect me. Wait, it's like there's this little creature inside that goes, I know this, this is dangerous. I need to be, protect myself, right? I need to pay attention here. And as we heal those wounds of those things that we have carried that we believe need to, we need to protect ourselves, we're then growing our ego up. So it's like, okay, maybe, maybe I don't quite respond this, you know, this like danger, danger and run away Mm -hmm. and allow our higher self, the Christ nature to, to respond. Um, but we have to work at that. And some days, Jackie, I just don't want to be that responsible. Right. I don't want to self-reflect anymore. Well, this is the second time in not even 11 minutes that you've mentioned work. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. That's why my students just love me. <laughs> they come in. I, they're like, I thought this was a class, you know, how come we're always working or like self-reflecting <laughs> i'm like well welcome to life right but, yeah it's so it's you know and and um it, it's interesting when you read back through charles and myrtle fillmore's co-founders of unity when you read through their writings you you if you actually read a lot of their stuff and uh, quite a bit that's unpublished has some of the most interesting things in it when you read you get to see this evolution their own evolution you know of thought and and actually starting to Myrtle, um, from what I've read, more so than Charles, actually starts, you know, brings in the idea of feelings. Yeah. Um, and just not, but, you know, 100, 120 years ago, it's not, it's very, very different. They didn't talk about yeah, feelings. Pre, pre, you know? Pre-Dr. Phil, pre-Oprah. Yes, pre, yes. Pre-Phil Donahue, even. Yes, 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 yes. You know. <laughs> So it's Sally not, it's, it, right, right, yeah, 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 but she does, Myrtle does, you know, she does start to name them and talk about them, she even, there's even a couple um, uh, letters where she, she used, she actually uses the word shadow, mm-hmm. um, she doesn't quite mean it the way Jung meant it, or not in the same, she's hinting at it, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I'm obviously at the time, I don't think she realized what she was hinting at, but when you read it now, 100 plus years you know, hundred years later, it's um, and you put it in our context, it starts to. You can kind of go, oh, I think maybe she might have been hinting at there's stuff under there. Like you can't just think your way through it, or think your way. There's more to us. Um, so, yeah, and you know, and that power of the emotion, you know, is when we can accept that it's not just simply our thought that the emotion you know, plays, well, okay, so what I'm getting at here is the challenge in that is that it's easier to think that it's just our thought, because if I can have the correct thought, which I can think my way into, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can calculate it, I can, you know, craft the perfect affirmation, and then I can say it, and then I can have the outcome that I want. But, but also, thankfully, it's not that simple, because I know I have a lot of thoughts that shuffle through my brain that I really don't want to bring into manifestation. I don't want to affirm. I don't want, you know, to actually have an outcome based on that thought. So those who might, you know, you talked about, you know, people who want to, you know, manifest, we talked about that manifest a parking space. Um, Good for you if that's working for you. Um, But then there are also those who want to just have that quippy, you know, smart little affirmation, and I'm just going to trust it's all going to work out, you know, from here. And, um, and that trust, that faith is amazing. 
and probably not going to get the outcome you want in the time frame you want without right. working with that emotional piece. Like there's a whole under underbelly of the iceberg, if you will, that really is what brings power to it. Yes. Actually, you know, one of my favorite um, uh, examples, one of my, one of my favorite things that I use from, uh, um, oh gosh, what's it from? Keep it true, Lent. Um, no, teach us to pray. Uh, is right at the beginning of the book, and I think it makes a really fabulous case for what exactly what we're talking about. And and so what it says is that, um, and this is teach us to pray was written by uh, Charles and Cora Fillmore. Cora was Charles's second wife. Um, and the quote is that uh, a prayer without desire in it a prayer without sincerity in it, a prayer without soul in it, a prayer without spirit in it is a fruitless prayer. So if I go back now, because you kind of have to, um, one of the wonderful things that Charles and Myrtle did for us was use words like soul and spirit and divine order and give like two, three, four definitions, like if you look through the writing. Um, and so you kind of have to go back through, and, and so what does this really mean? And and when you kind of go back through, and even just the first line, a prayer without desire in it, that for me is if I look at my prayers, you know, in unity, it's, it's affirmative prayer. Um, we affirm what is already true, right? Truth, capital T. But it, if there's not desire in it, and desire not in the um, not in the sense of, well, what I'm missing, you know, I don't have, not from that perspective, but, but desire in terms of longing, in terms of yearning, which is more of a, than I got to have, you know, or I want, um, when you, when desire is in the context, and this is what I, I believe they meant, but when we put desire in the context of what's underneath the thinking of my prayer, right? Like what's really driving the energy. So desire is really, the, the longing and what we're loving for. Um, so if there's not that in it and there's not sincerity and sincerity is, is, is not a, is also not another kind of cognitive thinking thing. It's more of a, of a whole body, you know, all of me is in this, um, then it's fruitless. And it's one of the, you know, and then a prayer without soul, which would be, you know, a prayer without us. Soul is, is the way that it's defined uh, by Charles and Myrtle is what you just said, that all that collection of our memories and experiences and feelings, and it's the storehouse, right? This giant lifetime closet. Um, so, so a prayer without soul, which is us, our whole personality in it. Um, and then without uh, spirit or meaning principle, which is that truth. So when I put all these, if I don't have those things together, then it's a fruitless prayer. So then I circle back to um, what all those things encompass and to have desire and sincerity, personality, meeting me, you know, the, the fabulous, the oh my God of each of us, uh, and then principle with capital P, right? And all of that in there, now that's a powerful prayer that's just loaded with what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling and all of me. That's so beautiful. And <clears throat> that's a lot of work. You know, yeah. sometimes sometimes when we come to prayer, we begin in a place where 
we don't have that kind of coherence or congruence of mm-hmm. everything we are, that kind of level of sincerity that we're coming. The reason we're coming to prayer is because we are out of it. We're out yeah. of sync. We are out of alignment. And, um, you know, and that's what's beautiful about the work of prayer. The ex- you know, laying it at the altar, allowing mm-hmm. spirit to do its work in us to, so that when we come away from the prayer, that we are hopefully experiencing that kind of alignment, that kind of coherence and sincerity and everything that we are, or at least the awareness of what is blocking us. Yeah. And, and I would say it's, it's even to be sincere and to have my personality is just be who I am, right? Use words that are me, you know, affirmative words that are me, as opposed to sounding like I swallowed a metaphysical dictionary. Right. Or, which is, you know, who, and I think the more, you know, when we engage in a prayer practice, in a meditation practice, when we engage in, in, um, you know, just being, it, it doesn't even have to be hard work. It's just a regular self-awareness and a regular, oh, there's that. And noticing when I'm triggered, noticing when, you know, my, my adverse ego goes danger, danger, you know, what's it saying danger to? And then I can point to what I'm really desiring. So the danger, danger thing could point to, yeah, you know, whatever I'm looking at, like this happens to me, I could be on Facebook and I read enough things, I get off Facebook and all of a sudden I'm feeling alone. And I'm like, really? I was just like, I didn't, you know, and that happens sometimes for me. I just, there's this this cognitive dissonance that happens for me. And, and so there's that little ego going danger, danger, you know, you are alone and you're lonely and, you know, cause I'm solo distancing. <laughs> it's COVID and some days right. it's just a little played out, but right. <laughs> when I sit with it and I realize that I'm feeling lonely, you know, then I go in. So what's my desire? You know, if I just be with that for a moment, the desire is to know that I belong. The desire is to know that um, while I may physically be alone in my part, par- apartment, you know, where's the connections? And so the prayer becomes affirming this shared common humanity. You know, it's getting underneath what's going on within me to get to the sincerity um, and not just a surface, well, I'm alone, so I need to know I'm not alone. Well, it's a little bit more than that. But it just, it, in our practice, if we have a meditation practice, if we have a prayer practice, if we just pick up the phone and call someone and say, I'm feeling alone, mm-hmm. um, we start to become aware of when our adverse ego says, danger, danger, you know, don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't yeah. go back to Facebook. You're going to feel alone. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. mm, it's such a loud voice sometimes. No kidding. Hey, we got a phone call. We do. Yeah. I love phone calls. So we have um, Angie from Wisconsin. Welcome to Voices of Unity, Angie. Hey. um, Hi. I I have a question. Um, I recently was in the car and I was singing um, to one of my world's most famous jams. And I stopped and it was like I was thunderstruck. I'm like, wow, these words are not really awesome but singing the song makes me feel so happy but now I'm stuck in this quandary because I'm like oh my gosh I can't believe I'm singing the words to this Mm. horrible song but my entire life it was always made me super happy so do I go with the the words of the song 
or like you said, my personality and the intention of feeling well, which is going to suffice me more? Because I don't want to stay in, um, um, you know, indecisive, Bill, like, oh, should I feel guilty for singing this song, or is it better to feel good? Am, am I making any sense? Yeah, that's a beautiful question. What I love about it is that this kind of what you're thinking about and and the awareness that's in you, like this is the point, in my opinion, and I'll be curious to hear what Kelly thinks, where we start to create superstition because we get into that sort of like I'm going to judge myself for whichever way I do it. I I need to do the right thing or else I'm going to, with all my power, do the wrong thing. You know, right. Like so I want to, I want to get off of this exit and keep going on the freeway, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. So what in your opinion is a good way to deal with that? Great question. What do you think, Kelly? So I, um, so how is it that you feel while you're singing the song? That's my first question. I mean, totally awesome. Like I'm a rock star with 85 million Instagram followers like I'm I'm alive yeah and so I that's kind of where I I kind of would follow that I I totally understand the dilemma of yeah but the words <laughs> don't seem to to line they're up not, like they're, yeah, no, cognitive not, dissonance right yeah, yeah. It's like the golden handcuffs like which way should I just keep singing so, it and feel free and be like oh okay well, I think I think what it's it's um, I'm I'm not so sure it's not for me it's not an either or thing, it's um, you know it it's the if singing the song, you know because singing is a is a you know getting our body moving and getting you know yeah. cells moving and if if ha- what I'm having is a sense of you know that that I have that sense of enoughness and I have this sense that you know, of worthiness and that I'm here and I belong and I'm loved and I'm doing good in the world. And I'm going to go with that because when I go with that, okay. it creates more of that. Yeah. Right. So if you, right. if I go Even, with that and I act from that, so now what's my, the next time when I get out, you know, if I'm singing it in my car or in the shower or whatever, the next person I talk to, you know, offering that if I'm offering that piece of me to them in whatever I'm doing right. and saying then I'm I'm generating more of that and I know that right. we have you know this this there is a teaching our words you know are powerful and there's power right. in our yeah, words yeah, yeah, but is it that's where it's like yeah, oh. that, right and we get stuck because it, it, am I actually giving my power to the words or am I giving my power somewhere right. else because the it's words have power if you give them power Yes, exactly, exactly. Because I'm like, this is no way my internal dialogue. I do not think like this. I, but just like, you know. And I thought, well, maybe I could listen to it without the words. And I was like, oh, that's that's a headache. No way. Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. So yeah, well, you that know, feels music, really good. Music is so much more than any part of it. Right. You know, it's not just the lyrics, it's the beat, it's the rhythm, it's yeah, the textures right. and the sounds and the energy and, and then what resonates with you, you know, right. specifically. Yeah. So, um, you know, and what kind of comes to mind for me is that you are making a practice of feeling amazing. Right. And that practice serves you well, because then when you find yourself in a situation where you don't have that amazing song and maybe you're having a bad day or you're just in a crappy situation, you can 
you've had practice feeling amazing and you can begin to cultivate what brings you strength, Generate what brings you going. energy, um, yeah. you know, without the song, it just becomes a practice and, right. you know, sort of training yeah. wheels, but you yeah. know, you're not going to take that with you, um, but you're going to benefit from it, you know, if that's working yeah. for you. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Thank I'm you. Off, Thank you for that getting question. Off, getting off, getting yeah. off the yeah. exit and yeah, I'm going to keep feeling good. So. Awesome. Okay, awesome. thank you so turn much. Turn it up. Yes, turn up the okay. volume. <laughs> Bye. I love it. Bye. So, yeah, that's such a great question, you know, and it's like in those moments um, where we begin to, like, lock into superstition, which we're, you know, we're just so wired for. It's it's out in the world of, like, um, you know, if I say these words, then something's going to happen and I'm, you know, not going to manifest right. this or that. And it's... Um, and it's weird because it's like a backwards way of acknowledging how powerful you are, but um, in the same moment, not knowing exactly how powerful you are. Right. Yeah. It's just, it. Um, I, I'm glad you brought up the how it creates a superstition. Um, it can be a, you know, um, yeah, the, what I call the magical thinking. That is, um, it's not... You know, and I hear it is a struggle at times because we do have a teaching about the power of our words and they do have power and they have the power that we give them. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. You know, they're, they're not, you know, it, it's uh, the power is not outside us somewhere. Um, if if there's because someone listening could 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 answer, you know, Angie in a completely different way. And that's their belief system. It's just not where I am because for me, the I'm the one that gives power to whatever I'm saying and doing and mm -hmm. thinking. Right. Because there is only one power and one presence. Right. And we use it. We use that principle, not the other way around. We don't get used by God. Uh, we use it. Mm -hmm. So how am I using it? And she's using it to, you know, to go to town. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, too, about the, um, you know, the song itself how everybody resonates with different, you know, megahertz, right? Mm, or yeah, the different yeah. notes, right? And yeah. and our bodies do resonate with, they call them life songs. And so when your body finds a, you know, a rhythm or a note or something and it comes to life, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stick with that life song. Yeah. Oh, hey, how about that? Perfect setup. So those yeah. notes mean it's time for a break and we will be back right after a short break. We'll be back with Reverend Kelly Isola sitting at the feet of the master. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Reverend Jackie Fernandez. Reverend Kelly Isola, we're talking about thoughts, emotions, and reality. You know, Kelly, I think we covered uh, quite a bit about thoughts and emotions in the first half. So I think I think that leaves us with reality. Mm. <laughs> and and yeah. whose reality are we going to talk about it in? Yours or mine? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, well, it's like a funny question, but it also points to exactly the topic. The, you know, every perception is misperception because it's mm -hmm. coming through my lens. 
yeah. through my thinking patterns, my operating system, my feelings, my, it's just all coming. That's, you know, the glasses I have on is, are unique to me. So my reality is, you know, are we talking reality capital R or little r? Because little r is negotiable. There's 7.8 billion realities, you know, walking <laughs> around. Um, but our little reality with little r comes from, you know, from our life experience, but also we create our reality from reality with a capital capital R, which is, you know, the one divine idea. Mm. And right now, man, I, I sometimes wonder, I struggle. I'm sorry, I, I have to admit, I struggle with some people's reality. I don't, I, I, and the struggle is probably trying to understand, you know, like some of the conspiracy theories wandering around. Um, I, I, in my head, I'm like, how do you get to that place? And I probably can't understand it because you just can't understand it. But I want to try to wrap my brain around their reality. Like, how do you have that reality that doesn't even make sense? And on and on and on. Um, and I, you know, I don't, I just, yeah, those are the kind of realities, little r, that that I, I struggle with. Which then, um, what happens if if it's especially if it's someone that I care about or because mm -hmm. this is happening more and more, you know, where friends and family members are being divided because of realities, because of mm -hmm. what what we're holding, what we're thinking and and feeling, you know, our feelings create our thoughts and, and some of our thoughts create feelings. And it becomes this hamster wheel of, you know, you're not safe, you're crazy, you're wrong, you're how can you think that? How can you? Um, and this is where, for me, the rubber hits the road and, um, really, you really want to work unity principles in our teachings. It's hard work sometimes. Yeah. Um, cause how do I, you know, behold the Christ in you? How do I, how do I, if we are really all divine, then how do I hold that thought when I'm watching what you're doing? That seems the antithesis of. Mm -hmm that we're all divine or that mm -hmm. you believe all life is sacred. That one. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what I'm hearing a lot too is, um, you know, you don't know what's really going on. You need to yes. wake up. And so it's almost yeah. like this, this language, this parallel language of awakening and, and waking up and seeing beyond, um, the surface of quote unquote, lowercase our reality, um, and coming from a completely different, you know, conflicting <laughs> interpretation of it. I know. I'm uh, that one too. I just I was reading that. You know, going back to the Facebook thing, a couple <laughs> of days ago, I was reading someone's Facebook thing, and they were saying that they were going on about you know spiritually waking up and 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 on and on and and then and it was you could hear it slowly moving into you need to wake up and stop listening to what you've been listening to and like like you're listening to the wrong resources and you're believing the wrong things and you need to wake up. And I thought, well, maybe you need to wake up, you know, like yeah. Yeah. who needs to wake up right? and how do you decide? Million dollar question. I know, which <laughs> is why there's decide? dead silence. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, first and foremost, we each have to decide. But for me, the, you know, I truly believe I have to come back to, um, I got to come back to why I'm here. 
right? I know the what of me, I am divine. And the who of me is Kelly, my personality, which is always changing and always growing up and always working and looking and um, wanting and yearning, right? Desiring to express more of, you know, my divinity. Like that's how it gets, you know, so my, when I'm demonstrating compassion, it comes in the form of Kelly. It doesn't look the same as, you know, Jackie, you know, how she might express compassion or whoever else or Mother Teresa. And I, so that's where I just have to kind of keep coming back to that in terms of reality, that that's, that's the one that I know and, and just sort of continue to, when I am triggered or I am frustrated, I don't understand to go back to, okay, well, what am I thinking? What's, what's, you know, what's going on inside and, and what am I exactly holding that makes me think whatever I'm thinking? You know, what, when I say, what am I holding? I mean, what, am, what's, what's the dialogue going on in my brain? And when I say, well, do I need to wake up or do you need to wake up or do we both need to wake up or are we both already awake? Or <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, oh my God, stop thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, but, you know, yeah, that's a thread that could just keep pulling. <laughs> right. Right. So I just have to keep bringing it back to, you know, there's the never ending paradox of I and we, you know, there's me and then there's the greater we. And I just have to keep doing what I call me search. So not mm. research, but me, mm-hmm. me search mm-hmm. um, to see where, where, you know, where my thoughts are. And, and, you know, there, cause there's so many of them that are unconscious. So I use the right. example of um, the other day, I used the example of if, um, um, if you want, a, you know, if I want, if I'm going to clean my kitchen, I want a clean kitchen, I have to know where the dirt is. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, that means I have to look around. That means I have to, you know, lift up the little rug that's in there and vacuum underneath it. So I got to, I want a clean kitchen. I got to know where the dirt is. Um, and so the process to getting to a clean kitchen is that I need to identify what needs to be removed, right? Like what's in the, what's in the way of me knowing or understanding or demonstrating my most noble self, you know, demonstrating my divinity. And the same is true in consciousness, you know, but first I have to acknowledge that I'm having a thought that's less than, you know, wonderful about whomever, you know, uh, whoever I'm disagreeing with. I I have the same struggle with um, um, when I come up against people that believe there's no such thing as systemic racism in the country. I'm like, what? what?" Uh, You know, it really stops me in my tracks and then comes a flood of thoughts that are less than angelic. Um, And so, and I want to, you know, there are moments I want to lash out. I want to respond and it doesn't mean not responding with some emotion, but I don't want to respond, you know, in a way that's that's violent or in a way that is um, not life affirming. Doesn't mean not to be angry. It doesn't mean not to be emotional. But how I do it. But first, I have to acknowledge the negative thing, right? So in my case, it's what I want to do is lash out with. I'm from New York, so I have a few names that pop up and some choice <laughs> phrases, and you know. So I have to first acknowledge that I even have that going on and acknowledge the thought that if I can dehumanize you, I can explain away my behavior that mm-hmm. is not um, from from my divine nature. Um, and then I have to love and accept who I am, right? Give myself large doses of grace and go, okay, got it. And then, and then 
you know, this is our practice of denials and affirmations. And then I have to give no importance or power to that thing that was driving me. Um, that's just the beginning part of it. And I know more work, right? Yeah, more work, lady. Jeez. <laughs> no, it's, it's good, though, because the result, yes. you know, is that which is life-giving, life-affirming, that which is, you know, really living into the sense of wholeness and connect, you know, in many cases, um, connection with others and you know, the things yeah. that we truly desire in our lives. Yeah. It's worth it. Well, it's worth it. And recognizing that it takes some time to, to clean it up, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a one and done thing. It takes time to clean up our consciousness. It takes time to clean up the thoughts that are, you know, largely unconscious, all of the unconscious, unexamined assumptions that lie underneath that drive what we do and how we feel, especially how we feel about ourselves. Mm -hmm. It takes some time to upgrade that to a, a thought that is more life-giving, that is more life-firming, that does propel me to want to be connected, you know, that to want to help create a world that works for all, a world that's you know, environmentally sustainable and, and spiritually mm. fulfilling and socially just. It takes, it's not one and done. This is, um, I think we, we have, that's where that superstition or magical thinking gets us into trouble. Like yeah. one and done. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's like, you know, it's like the kitchen. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you find the dirt, you clean it. It's going to need to be cleaned again. It's just, I live know. alone and I can never <laughs> keep up. My kitchen's never clean. <laughs> You know, and it's just, you know, it's sort of the, you know, it's the result of living. And I think the same thing can be said about our, you know, our thoughts and our consciousness and, and habits, you know, just they, they develop as a result of living. And so to be curious, to be always curious and cultivate curiosity about what's happening, um, what's happening in my mind that, you know, is bringing this outcome or not, like, you know, our caller asked the question, and, you know, is my singing the song that I don't align with the lyrics, but I feel amazing. And it's been my go-to song when I need to feel amazing. You know, there's a curiosity there and it, the curiosity right. allows you to work with and, you know, evaluate, uh, you know, do that me search that you talked about, um, you know, and without judgment. Yes. Yes. That's the, probably the, one of the biggest things, the curiosity without the judgment. Yeah. Totally. Because we judge ourselves, we get like, I'm not supposed to get angry. And you hear it, it's yes. one of these uh, pitfalls in spiritual communities. Uh, it's like one of the worst, you know, metaphysical malpractice things. Like, well, I know it's not unity, but I'm like, oh, please stop right there. Don't mm -hmm. even, don't even finish the thought. Or, yeah. you know, I, I, I should know better. Or, you know, if I was really spiritual, I would, I'm like, you're already spiritual because you're sucking air. So mm -hmm. let's move, drive by that one. Yeah. Got that handled, like check. Yeah. You know? yeah. You're already, yeah. what you are is divine. Got it. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, if you are unity, if you, you know, if you identify as unity, <laughs> um, then whatever you're doing is unity. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, because you're, you're an example of someone who is a unity truth student. So whatever you do becomes part of what is unity. It's, um, you know, I feel that way sometimes about being, uh, Mexican American or Chicana people ask me if I cook authentic Mexican food mm. and I never know how to answer that question because if I'm cooking it 
does that right. not make it authentic Mexican? <laughs> I, know, I mean, I know. you know, yeah. I may not make it, you know, I'm, I'm from California. My family's from California and from generations from New Mexico. So we always say the border crossed us. We didn't cross the border. Yeah. Um, you know, so let's start there. So am, am I going to cook it the way you would find it if you go to Puerto Vallarta? Or am I going to cook, you know, make my beans the way you would find them if you go to Texas? No. Right. Does it make it any less authentic? No. And no. and I'm not going to make them like my great-grandmother did. I, my tortillas are pretty close. My tortillas, are, I think, are, are pretty close. Same recipe. And, um, but but I am Mexican-American, so right there I'm different. But I'm still, you know, so I'm like, I don't know. Like, do I? You tell me, I guess. What are you looking for? Are you looking for right. Are you looking for the menu at Chipotle or, or Chili's? Then no. Then I'm not going to meet your <laughs> Right. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, so in the same way that you know, well, that, that's not unity. You know, to be angry well, it's like, are you, a, are you a unity truth student? Yes. Are you angry? Yes. Then that's unity. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. 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 So, it is. so now what? The, the practices that are the, the the tools and the teachings in unity are meant to be lived with. So right. whatever you are doing in life, you are unity, and and then you got to just pull the tools into that. You know. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I, that's exact for me. It's yes. There's this, uh, I, I get the, um, when people find out I'm Italian, Oh, do you cook Italian? Well, yeah. Cause I, yeah. Like even <laughs> my, um, my recipe that, that comes from Peru is Italian. Exactly. Talking, exactly. Know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guarantee. I, I'm not going to make my scrambled eggs the way, yeah. I mean, it's because, you're just going to get other things yeah. in it because the influence, right? It's you right. bring your, your flavor to everything, you know, that you do. Yes. My French, my French toast is very Italian. <laughs> my spaghetti has hot sauce in it. There you <laughs> yeah. go. There you go. Okay. So that one, wait, that went a little far, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, it is the, um, I'm, I had the same issue in school. Like, well, that's not very ministerial. Well, I'm a minister, so right. if you get me in on Zoom in my jammies with a cup of coffee and you hear a profane word out of my mouth, that's ministerial presence. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a minister, a minister. And that's <laughs> the presence you're getting. I, you know, as opposed to holding this standard that's just not attainable, that really actually reinforces the thinking that I'm not enough or that I'm not good enough, which is mm -hmm. probably one of the most common beliefs that I hear from people, that I see people acting out, that I, that, that thought, I'm not enough, I'll never be enough, I'll never have enough, just not a, that overall sense of inadequacy drives so much of what people do or don't do, what they say or don't say. Because if I was good enough, then I wouldn't get angry. Or if I was, you know, enough of whatever. And, and what's so mind-numbing and so so breaks my heart so badly is that there's no there is no enough enough is not a quantity and if you think it is you'll never get to it right. like what is enough um and yet it's it's probably one of the most common beliefs i come across and it's one of the most destructive and right up there with it is that i don't belong or my presence doesn't matter mm. um and so then it becomes, so then our work is if I know that that thought is when I realize that thought's going on and that it's, you know, driving what I'm doing, then I pause, right? First acknowledge the thing. 
um, and then love and accept me as I am, right? And I can say, even though I, right now I'm believing I'm not good enough, I can love and honor, I can accept, I don't have to say love, but I can accept, I can give myself large doses of grace. I can accept myself. I could, you know, and I'm, I'm picking a different thought by saying this. I don't have to feel it like full on. Like remember those times, I always struggled with this when a therapist or somebody would say, well, now look in the mirror and tell yourself that you love yourself. I, I, it was never my strong suit. I just well, it's, it's the same thing as like telling kids uh, who've been fighting to apologize to each other, right? Yes. Say you're sorry. Yeah. And oh, I'm yes. sorry. You know, they don't mean yeah. it. Right. So it's like, you just <laughs> right? like stand yeah. in front of the mirror and say, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fine. I, I love you. <laughs> right. But I'm keeping my eyes closed. You You're right. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking away. I'm looking down in shame, you know. <laughs> it's our, it's our. the idea of it. I mean, I, I, uh, you know, you're trying to take the power that you've been giving something. Because yeah. we've been giving that statement, I'm not enough, a lot of power for centuries, millennia. Yeah. Right? So I just give myself large doses of grace. Yeah. Just, I am acknowledged you know, what I am, I am divine, I can say that, and here's how I'm showing up, and I can choose not to give the thought power, mm -hmm. I can choose, you know what, I'm going to redirect my energy into the statement that I know I am innately good, I'm innately divine, so I must be more than enough, mm -hmm. whatever enough is, yeah, I have well, to be that... more than it, yeah, well, it's that curiosity, mm -hmm. what, what else could I be if, you know, if, if it's not true that I'm not enough or I'm not worthy or I'm unlovable, then, then what else could I be, you know, and just being open to that and, and allow something to come in and then try that on, you know? Yeah. And so it might, it might sound like, mm, I'm sorry, or, you know, it might not sound quite, um, genuine in the beginning, but trying it on because you've already gotten really good at saying the other things. Right. You know, so, so how can you open you with curiosity? Like, how can I practice and be, get really good at saying, I love you so that then you can just look yourself in the mirror and be like, I totally love you. You were a jerk today, but I love you. Or, you know, yeah. I love you, man. You, you, you missed the mark on that, but you know, I love you and you are worthy and you matter and your presence matters and, and yeah. the world needs you and to get really good at, at, having that kind of self-talk give yourself large doses of grace mm. cut yourself some slack yeah. you know nobody's doing this perfectly if you think there is wake up <laughs> there's a wake up mm. take your ego to therapy wake up no one's doing it perfectly there's no mm. such thing there's no such yeah. thing we do the best i love that one of those last interviews that cicely tyson did I think it was with Gail King and what do you want people to know about you? And she said, I want people to remember that I did the best I could. Ugh. And I thought, Oh, Man. that works. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want people to remember I did the best that I could. So that's our, you know, that's and, and Myrtle chills. said when you, I know, right. I thought, yeah. oh, okay, Cicely Tyson, who is, <laughs> right. you know, I'm thinking is gone far beyond like she most like right she changed people. oh my god yeah she right she changed what we thought the best was you know she she like invented the best 
She didn't just do her best. She invented. Oh, but if <laughs> yeah. that's what she says, I want people to remember that I that I did my best. Mm-hmm. And and she meant it like I didn't always measure up and mm-hmm. I always tried. And like, that's how she said it. And that's kind of, yeah. um, I thought, oh, I, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say I, I, you know, and the days when I look in the mirror and go, I did, I did try my best. Was it the best I've ever done? Maybe, maybe not, but I tried, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just not letting ourselves off the hook. It's just being being willing to look at what we're doing and being curious. And when we find the place that, yeah, I've I've you know, I've shown up differently. I've shown up a little bit more, you know, life giving for some people. Not beating ourselves up about it. Right. You know, I um, when I did this talk on Sunday, it was Super Bowl Sunday. And so, you know, the title of the talk was game on, you know, and all about our thoughts, creating a reality. And, and, um, and what's so interesting now, of course, we're in the Kansas city area and I'm a huge Kansas city chiefs fan and the chiefs lost and pretty badly. They got spanked. (laughs) spanked. They did did not do their best. And there were, you know, um, there was a major change up in the offensive line. Um, you know, there was one of the referees has been known to, to, give us a lot of penalty calls and you know and when I listened to the interviews by the players specifically Mahomes and and Travis Kelsey afterwards you know Kelsey was like you got to play the game by the rules you know so he gave no blame he he didn't shirk any responsibility or you know or just you know he's like we didn't play our best and you know when they asked about the penalties he was like you gotta you gotta follow the rules of the game and and then Mahomes you know his who was like completely distraught that was, you could tell, like it was painful to watch him. Yeah. Um, but you know, he was like, we didn't, we didn't play our best game and, you know, but we got to just go out there and, you know, start next season. We got to get better. We got to do better and figure out how to find our way back to the Super Bowl. You know, so it's that, um, you know, what you're talking about is maybe I didn't do my best today, you know, but I'm not going to condemn myself forever right. over it. I'm, I'm going to make it, uh, use it for me and not let, not get used by it. Right. right? Use it for my benefit, for my growth. Yes. What can use I learn from this? Good. You know, yes. And I, you know, I just kept saying, you know, this is, you know, Mahomes is young. He's a young quarterback. And, um, I'm like, this is him getting refined by fire because of this yeah. loss. He will be an even better player that much sooner, you know, and they were talking about Tom Brady seeing the Buccaneers, how it was their loss to Kansas city earlier in the season. That was the change, the shift in them. And they mm. just clamped down and every game they were getting better and better and better. So it's like those, if we can use that sports, you know, just the dynamics that happen in human behavior and mindset in our own lives in terms of, all right, this is my opportunity to learn, to grow, to develop and to get back out there and keep doing my best. That's all, that's all I got to do. Right. And be willing. It's the curiosity and yeah. take the, the, the emotional intensity, the judgment out of it, but be yeah. willing to be curious and witness, witness yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Myrtle said that, um, if you feel it in your body, it's irresistible to the soul. So it's, you know, like Angie was talking about her song, you know, when you feel it in your body, it's irresistible to the soul. So as you witness yourself and you, you know, be curious and then whatever it is you're noticing, like feel that um, mm-hmm. in your body and, and how can I use this for good? And if I had, you know, so the next time now I know I can pick a different 
I can pick a different thought about what I'm doing. I can pick a different, do something different from a different thought. And then when I feel it, right, that sincerity, that desire, um, you know, my whole personality, I get a different world. Yeah, you get a different experience. Yeah. And and that's what then perpetuates new thinking, new thought in our minds. Right. When we have a different experience, different emotion, and then we we sort of break that loop of those thought patterns and habits that have yeah, that have been keeping us back, holding us back. And 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 science is showing us that that's how it works. Mm -hmm. You know, the neuroplasticity of our brain is what allows that to happen. And so it's not even just it's not like just a good idea. Science is actually showing us this is how it works. So yeah. How about that? So if science, it's <laughs> true. Right. It must be. I mean, it must be true. Science yes. catching up to Myrtle. <laughs> science yes. catching up to the yes. ancient, to ancient wisdom. Right. And, right. 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 You know, which is beautiful. It's you know, yeah. it's a beautiful thing, and um, because for some people they they need that, you know, because of how their brains are wired, you know. And people want that. And so it's beautiful. And, I, you know, I always look at that as like, that's the drive. You know, that's how deeply we desire to yes, know the yes. divine, to know God, to know ourselves, yes. is that, you know, we construct this whole, you know, science, you know, not just religion, but also science and everything we yes. do, we construct it to, to learn. Well, and it's why, you know, the ancient, it's not, I mean, it's while it's ancient teachings and ancient wisdom, you know, they last so long because inherently, you know, intuitively, we know there's something to it. Yeah. And then now science is like, well, yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We finally got the tools to measure. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then it, and it just like, it's wild. It's wild what we can measure. I mean, that we can, we're about to launch another show. <laughs> we start getting, going down like the quantum path, but... Thank you so much, Kelly, for joining You're me welcome. today and, and You're last week. Welcome. And, and you'll be back Pleasure. next week. Yeah. Awesome. So next week, tune in and tune up in spirit. And have a new thought. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.